The Third Man Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! Welcome back to Third Man Podcast, Jack White, Third Man Records History Program, and I'm your co-host, Paul Kaminsky. I'm your other co-host, James Kaminsky. Sipping out of my Third Man Records Detroit mug here. Um, my last surviving one, I had another one, it broke, now it handles all my pins. <laughs> um, we're joined by returning guests, Alex and Jordan from Copper Sound Pedals. Hi, guys. Going on. Hello. Thank you for having me. That's become an annual tradition at this point. We love you guys. Uh, thank you for Alex. You know Blackwell, we're on more than you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, we have a, an additional special guest, someone who's never been on the show. We've wanted to talk to you for quite a while. We love what you do. An inner workings wizard at Third Man Records, wrangling Hellcat, merchandising manager, Christina Inman. Christina, thank you for joining us. I am so stoked to be here. I, I, I'm so excited. I can't wait to talk about merch. I, you guys say you're nerds. I'm a nerd too. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah. So uh, Christina works uh, in, in a lot of different facets at Third Man. And, and Christina, maybe you can elaborate a bit on your role 
uh, there as well in a moment. But in this episode, we're going to talk about Third Man Records merch. We're going to show off some of our favorites. At least I brought a couple things out. I'm not as robust a collector as some. There are people out there who've got the stuff, you know what I mean? I don't really have the stuff, but I have favorites, and I want to learn all about them. And then Alex and Jordan are also going to talk with us a little bit about gear, and I'd love to get caught up a bit on what's been happening with Copper Sound since last we spoke, but we'll start with you, Christina. Can you tell us a little bit about your role at Third Man as as you see it, and how long you've been there, sort of what you do, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, um, okay, so basically... I started six years ago and the company started out, you know, just very ground roots and they were just like, "Mm, I think I'll do a t-shirt or like, "Mm, I think we'll do a pencil or something. And uh, basically I came on board and just kind of wrangled that all into uh, doing capsules and drops and just making things make sense. Like for instance, when there's a 20th anniversary of an album, doing merchandise that ties back to that and just kind of like tidying up everything. Cause if you can only imagine, there's a lot of ideas around here. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it, it just, just a cohesive nature is not always, uh, second nature, so to speak. So what (laughs) I do is, um, I put it all together and I wrap it up in a bow and I work with the art team and we, launch products that we love um sometimes products take longer like the copper sound pedal that was the first project i worked on the first day i came to third man they were like yeah we have this uh pedal i've never produced a pedal in my life i don't play (laughs) guitar Uh, (laughs) so i was like wow cool so at the 10th anniversary that's when um yeah i mean I don't know if you guys were at the 10th anniversary, but that's when, you know, Jack had it, he had it on his board and, um, that, yeah. So if you can imagine me sweating, the guys <laughs> were sweating, we're all sweating, like, you know, Anything that is not vinyl or a book goes okay. through me. Okay. Now, would I be correct? So I saw a sort of 
scrolling through your Instagram, seeing like what the different things you were posting about over the last year or so. And I did see that you had maybe some contributions to Maggot Brain. So is that the, maybe the only dabbling in the book side of things or, or not really? Yeah, not, you know, even if, for instance, I even DJ in the blue room. So, so, so I've heard yeah, and I have questions <laughs> about this. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I've worked in the ticket booth uh, here. Like I said, there are no constraints to what it is that you want to do. If you're interested in something, they're all ears. Um, so, yeah, if, if, you know, yeah. In a way, I have contributed to vinyl or a book in some right, sort right. of way. But mm-hmm. um, I guess if you were to just put me in a box, I typically do all the merchandising. Well, we, we create our own boxes. We don't have to listen. Um, <laughs> right. So the, the first time that you popped up on our radar, I think, and I, James, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I'm never wrong, is when we had the Copper Sound Pedals guys on for the first time and we were hearing the story of the Triple Graph. And, uh, you know, they that episode is, is a great one. If you, anyone out there hasn't listened to it, they should definitely check it out. But uh, Copper Sound guys, can you uh, give us a little recap of where you've been since last we, we spoke with you? What are you working on? What are you excited about now? And maybe we can transition into some of the gear talk and merch talk as we go. Yeah, I think... So for those of you who don't know, Triple Graph kind of put Copper Sound into a, a whole different level as far as what we needed to do as builders and as a company. It really just kind of, it made us better. It really drove us to do things kind of outside of our limits. And what's really cool about that is after we kind of came down from that, we we're able to apply that to all of our other products and that same mindset of well there's really no limit like we can kind of create whatever we want here so i think it was a it was a beautiful project to work on and that's that mindset and i will say that we don't really get very many returns for faulty pedals just heads up wow like very rare yeah we've sold quite a few and it's a very rare occasion like these guys built them good quality control yeah, yeah, we we had, um, I guess it was a helping hand having Jack, who's very brutal on his gear, be the <laughs> like, actual like alpha and beta tester for this. So, you know, we we joked in that last episode about, or the first episode we did in Triple, like, if it was good enough for Jack, pretty much anybody's going to be able to do it. I remember the pedals, like, they would be bent. Like, he'd be like... <laughs> And it's like, because rather than just stepping like top to bottom, he like smashes it on the side and he would just be like, I need another one. (laughs) And he is not a, not a small man. Now, when there is a faulty pedal, whose fault is that guys? I think it's James's. Yeah. Yeah, No, I'm sorry. It's me. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, Jack comes out there with a hammer. He's like, you got to fight the gear and he smashes it. He's got to fight it. He's making Coke bottles. (laughs) Definitely the best beta tester, I will say.
echo on Christina's point of like um, any fault that the unit has had and just kind of to answer your question as well, Paul, is usually if there's an issue with a unit, pretty much nine times out of 10, either the user didn't have the correct power supply, something simple like that, that they didn't pay attention to. Usually people are so excited. They're just whatever round fits in go, yeah. you know? Um, and then the other thing that's, you know, in as part of the nine times out of 10, it'll be something mechanical on the pedal, like the actual like switch that's doing a mechanical thing that has a life cycle that'll break. And sometimes we'll just send them a replacement. And they'll be like, that's awesome. And they plug it in with no soldering and anything. So generally like we don't really have, an actual like circuit issue we've had ones like where people plug in the wrong thing and like protection in there saves it but i have to kind of go in there and just like touch it up a little bit but generally never have like a it's not working for the most part it's usually like a small thing and then the tmr crew usually just facilitates that to us and we kind of handle the email conversation yeah it's it's such an easy back and forth typically everybody's so understanding and i mean that was honestly one of the the main concerns i had right when this product launched i was like we're already kind of in this own world where it's against us because it's mechanical mm-hmm. but the test of time has kind of proven like you know yeah. the the hardware worked you know everything was nice and solid and any returns or re- you know repairs or stuff like that is it's very simple you know everybody's really great about that yeah going yeah. forward on our side since triples release and since we've been on the show too with um the kaminsky boys we've finally like kind of caught up with like the demand of triple and having a crew to be able to facilitate getting shipments out to Christina and cam and everybody at TMR and finally like able to bring some of our stuff. That's kind of backburnered for a good reason because of triple kind of into fruition now. So we're kind of like all like full steam ahead on stuff. And like Jordan mentioned, we've been taking like that TMR approach of we've always been very like, attention to detail when it comes to graphics all that type of stuff and i think we've even taken it further like maybe sculpt even further our like obsessiveness design if you will of yeah pretty much every other day jordan will come in and be like okay so i got two things i could do and i like each one for different reasons and i'm miserable because i can't (laughs) which one to do yes it's like i swear yesterday i was talking to jordan a this one is jordan b i like this one no you know what i was wrong i like this one and we're just like Taking that obsessiveness that I think we brought to the table for third man as well. And we're just continuing it with our stuff as well. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I remember you guys took some pictures of the triple graph, like at third man, just like on the wall. And like, you just took this beautiful picture and I was just like, wow. Like, you know, just the attention to detail, even in the photos and like the things that you guys put out and produce is very admirable. Thank you yeah. very much. Thank you. It's awesome. Appreciate so, it. I'd like to talk about that design a little bit because, um, Alex, I know that that was one of the things that you wanted to talk about as well. Is just sort of packaging and and that sort of aesthetic. <clears throat> Christina, how much of your job would you say is creating a is creating packaging? Ver- you know that is consistent in design with the overall aesthetic of Third Man Records, as opposed to like the product itself. Because I would imagine they would be kind of similar in weight. Like I would imagine. Maybe you're you're focusing fairly equally on both of those things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So in regard to like packaging and how things look, um, you know, when you walk into the store, you don't want to see packaging that just doesn't reflect the product. I mean, in general, that's just a very important part so like let's say uh the polaroid camera that we did i mean it it could just simply just be a camera with 
Um, But yeah, it kind of gets us into some minimum issues (laughs) because boxes are kind of high on minimum. So they're like, you know, yeah, you could have ordered 300, but now you have to order a thousand because you wanted a custom box, but it's so important. (laughs) I know that there are um, kind of lines of products too, where you have like the ones I would call, I kind of call to myself the summer boy vibes ones where there's just like winky faces and and shorts and like board shorts, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Is there like package and design concerns that try to remain consistent to the branding of that particular line of marketing or... So in so the way that Third Man kind of has an approach to like you know merchandise, we've got three colors. We've got black, yellow 109C, Pantone 109C, and white. So we gotta get really creative with those three colors. Festival season, I think, is what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <But> that's <laughs> when people <laughs> look. It's, people... It's, I got summer boy vibes. I'm out there. I'm in my board shorts, riding down on a yeah, board. The dad hat, and yeah. Um, <laughs> so people are coming through, and like that's what they want. They want sort of this like we're out of winter, this like sunshine vibe. We're at Bonnaroo. You know, we're in Nashville, so we get a lot of the Bonnaroo people. Um, and so, you know, that's what we're catering to. And it's a little bit where we kind of get to play with primary colors. So we'll sometimes pop in a red and a blue with all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's only during kind of like a spring summer. Then after that, we go strictly back to our brand of just those three colors. But, you know. Now, Alex, wasn't it you that told us that the different walls in Third Man have different colors based on where things are facing and stuff as well? So That's actually true. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this, but I think we were saying we needed an actual parts from Third Man to verify. I think it was, we. I knew that the colors, like a blue wall meant you were going to be going to the blue room. And, and Christina could probably answer like, you know, this wall meant you're going to the warehouse this is the front side i don't remember what it was called i thought blackwell said that there was a type of there was a what that was i can't remember though it's northeast southwest that's all it is okay (laughs) that's all it is so it's like red is i'm forgetting which direction so there's red so if you're facing where i'm facing right now everything is red and if you're facing this way everything 
is blue. If there's a utility closet, that's green. I'm actually in front of the vault these days. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, yeah. That's wow. where, yeah, that's where uh, he keeps all of his pride possessions. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's green. Um, but yeah, so it's just basically the direction of where you're at. So northeast, west. And if you come in here, it's kind of like an Ikea. So <laughs> you know how Ikea has those like arrows where you know how to exit. Like these walls kind of let you know if, like if you've gone the wrong direction. Does he ever like an like an admiral in Starfleet like walk around and inspect the color situation and then somebody has to answer for it? <laughs> I think that happened probably when they were building this building. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm on yellow. So yeah. yeah. So you see, I'm I'm all yellow right now. Wow. But I'm looking at all red. Have you guys <laughs> done a tour in here? Have you guys come in here? I've never no. been able to do okay. a tour. No. The only time oh, I was in at the store there was uh, for the 10th anniversary, and it was so crowded that I wasn't yeah. even able to kind of get in the building. Oh yeah, that was a great show. It was, yeah. Uh, by the time Blackwell decided James and I weren't complete creeps, uh, COVID <laughs> happened, and so we couldn't travel there uh, at all. So I actually haven't been to any of the storefronts. Uh, Paul, speak for yourself. I think Blackwell still, still well, doesn't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Last time he said uh, that I talked about middle eights and that we were sounding professional, James. Sounding, <laughs> sounding okay, professional. Well, that's fine. <clears throat> I was interested to hear that Pantone, Christina, because I did a project... Uh, this project with Jack oh, uh, recently cool. uh, and Rob Jones and we were terrified. It was in the 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 um, paperwork not mm -hmm. to fuck with the blue color, and so yeah, it was that's important. Yeah, so we mm -hmm. couldn't touch it all. So when we went to do the second printing, they wanted to put a foil on it, and I said, no, no, no. Yeah, we can't do that. I think so the only I, person that's allowed to do that is Rob Jones. <laughs> so, I, am I the only person in this conversation who has not done a product with Jack? I, I am. Uh, I'm, there's I'm always, no, there's always. I'll time. see myself out. It's fine. No, come, come to me. Bring me the proposal. I'm All right. Well, we had touched a little bit on like the packaging process. I know Christina had mentioned a little bit there, like minus books and vinyl, like handling that type of thing. So I'm curious if she wanted to echo in on this, like essentially the question being like, what goes into the packaging process? And when Christina brought up the colors that you can, you guys have a three colors and that can be tough, like to work in. It can kind of sometimes feel like stale a little bit. Like when Jordan and I were designing like the enclosure and box and everything going back and forth with third man, I think we had scheduled a meeting with Jack where we had a couple different ideas for box, like sides and insides and bottoms. And we printed them out and laminated them and put Velcro on it. So Jack could actually like a la carte, make a box for like the design process. And we very much like Jordan, and I came up with different ideas and we ended up using one of the ideas I had kind of to kind of palette cleanse or like change the monotonous of the box being all white, black, and yellow. We put originally Jordan did like a rendering of the storefront at Nashville on the inside bottom of the box for the nice. triple graph, which you don't really see unless you pull the product out of it, take it out of its bag and everything. And they liked that idea. We ended up just doing the basic three square logos that represent the front of the building, the red, yellow, blue. And it's funny when we were designing that box, the whole thing is like white and black and yellow and just having that in there. 
like Christina said, getting to, a chance to use other primaries is such a fun like palate cleanser. Like it doesn't feel like it takes away from the third man vibe, but it helps it not just be the same thing on every single side of the box. And I guess I wanted to see if Christina also had any like type of on her end, like packaging, like things that you guys have come across or maybe fun things you've been able to do with the packaging and retail side of things, possibly like anything that's like sticks out to you or, you know, trials and tribulations from the packaging side of things when you get only get to really work with a couple colors and you kind of have to make sure it's on brand, but be creative. Yeah. I mean, the way that you guys designed that packaging was so ace. I mean, I remember going back to Jordan and saying like, I don't know if he's, going to be down for having these primary color doors on there. I was like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. (laughs) And then I showed Jack and he was like, no, that looks great. He's like, that's indicative of the flagship store Nashville. So I think that like he as like the brand manager will allow those sort of additional things when, you know, he sees fit. You know, deadlines and and things make you creative. But opportunity and telling yourself, oh, you got all the time in the world, all the money in the world, you got all the colors in the palette you want, anything you want. I mean, that just kills creativity. Yeah, I'm thinking about starting a corporation. But yeah, it is hard when every box is black or white, you know, especially like it, when I'm looking for something and like all the boxes look the same. So there are definitely situations where, you know, we can't customize the box. And then so what we'll do is we'll just take the product out of the box and sell it like out of the box, like if it's a pen or something like that. But that doesn't happen too often. But I can't really think of anything that really stands out. It reminds me of the problem they had with Entenmann's back in the 1800s, right? Like no one knew that the donuts were in there. So they had to, that's where that carved plastic window comes from. So they could actually see the donuts and look how delicious they were. Why do you have such intimate knowledge of Entenmann? Some intimate Entenmann knowledge. I just watched (laughs) a lot of this show about, it doesn't matter actually at at all. But anyway, I interrupted your (laughs) minutia indeed. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where that plastic window comes from. That's on products is they, they they wanted to show show the donuts anyway. Yeah. The Pantone projects that we did, we did, um, I thought was really fun. We, uh, you know, we do tricolor records at seven inches. And so uh, we had done a Pantone mug that was just like the yellow with the white. And there was not a lot of black. It was just like third man records. And Jack does not like when it's white writing on yellow or vice versa. Like he, he would prefer black. So he was telling me, he's like, well, this, this mug feels like, really white you know and I'm like well that's Pantone that's sort of like their branding and our branding and I was like ah I got the answer and so they did the 
the tricolor mug for us. So they were able to do horizontal three colors for us and have all three of our colors represented. And so that was sort of like a a happy, like, okay, this is how we're going to make it feel more, you know, third man, but Pantone. So was, was there a lot of back and forth between you and Pantone as the company? Cause I, I know they're very, they have their brand on lock if they can help it. Um, so like, was yeah. that, was that difficult to facilitate? So not really. They are actually, all uh, the products that we were buying for them are licensed through another mm. company called Copenhagen design. So they have all the products that they can offer from Pantone approved already. Okay. So, so those, those products are already approved. So when we say like, Oh, we want to change it to third man 109 C they're totally fine with that. You know, as long as Pantone is also represented on there as well as like the collaboration. And I, I think like, just like, being like design nerds we all mm-hmm. were very excited about working with pantone is that on cmyk is that just straight y100 like pure? It's, it's the pms 109 coded c uh yeah i'm trying yeah. to they're, i have they're... stuff that i want to share so bad but it's not <laughs> out yet i'm like oh they're... i keep reaching to show you something i'm like oh yeah, i gotta can't i can't I show know. you i gotta put it back their colors are so like secured. It's very, it's interesting. I had some friends who run a, a merch company in Philly did a basically a novelty Pantone thing with basically using the Pantone branding and having different colors of Philadelphia. So you'd like cheese whiz was your yellow and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But that had a lot of difficulties getting Pantone to like mm-hmm. make sure that it was cool with them because they wanted to make sure everything was their kind of set yeah. branding. But yeah. um there's no Pantone for what cheese whiz is. I bet you there is. There is. There it's is. It's, it's demonic <laughs> hellscape cheese. I have a question about, uh, so putting design aside for a moment, I have a question about caricature because there's been over the, I, I'll put, take these out. The Funko Pops. Oh, the Funko Pops. I did that during quarantine. I guess. Well, <laughs> I saw that you were involved in these, and that's awesome. So here we have the elephant gear, and then um, the tiki mugs mm-hmm. are sort of Satan-era-ish with the top <laughs> hat and stuff. So my my question to you is, like, when it comes time for, when it comes time for Jack White caricature, yes. and he's in the building... Yes. What do you do about that? Um, so just to be clear, I work with Jack on everything. Like okay. we work very, very closely. Um, anything that comes out of this building, he has seen, he's given comments. He, he directs, he is yeah. very, yes. Yeah. So um, in regard to the Funko pops, there's not a lot we could really do there because they pretty much, you know, have their little blockhead and whatever. Yeah. Um, so he he was just, you know, so blown away that, you know, he was a Funko Pop, I think. <laughs> it was probably really exciting for his children to see them in the stores and, you know, just kind of feeling like, whoa, you know, we made yeah. it. 
<laughs> and again, I guess you should say. Um, so in regards to that, I did a lot of the uh, back and forth with his manager because we were, you know, launching it during Elephant re-release or something like that. And um, so he he just was like cool with whatever they were doing because, gotcha. you know, it is what it is. Um, I thought they did a really good job. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the most recognizable or, or their biggest commercial hit album in terms of like that cover was everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. That it would, it would be the most recognizable forms. Yeah. We picked that cause there's a picture of her in a black dress and there's a picture of her in a white dress. Right. Yeah. And I think one was just for the CD. You have to ask Rob Jones. He's going to kill me <laughs> if he hears this because I should know this, but one was like just on those CD. And then like one was, mass produced or something like that um rob jones please don't kill me uh so we went with white uh right. that's why she's wearing the, in the white dress not the black dress the black would have been overkill anyway i think that was i think so too i thought yeah. the white looked nice um and then so for the tiki mugs so i can i tell you guys like kind of the joke yeah please please <laughs> so so he he's like this doesn't look like me he's like this always happens there was like a bobblehead of um him at a Dodgers game mm -hmm. and it didn't look like him either. Nope. <laughs> and he's like, nothing ever looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, the Tiki mug looks like his guitar tech, Dan Mancini's. <laughs> so we're like, so you guys could attest for that, Jordan and Alex, right? Like it looks like Dan. Sure, yeah. Um so but they were using pictures of him, but you know, just like a sculpture, it's just doesn't always turn out exactly like him. So I think he's Means. waiting for the day that they get it right. <laughs> but yeah, it <laughs> That is so funny. I think it I don't know. I mean I I get it. I mean it's the color too. I mean he's been so consistent with color from the start that it, it almost doesn't even matter that if the caricature is off. Because as long as it's similar enough and it's, it's got those colors on yeah. it, it does. It reads. Especially, and then when you put it next to Meg, then you know exactly that, yes. you know, that's why they're sold as a pair, not sold separately. <laughs> but it does look like him, but just a little bit like more narrow. But yeah. Yeah, it's narrow. We, we went back and forth quite a bit with the company on that. <laughs> That's a nice hat. You know what I would love to see is you guys should get together with McFarlane. Um, I, McFarlane would do such a great Jack White action figure. Like, oh, yeah. Because he has all that technology where they do the scans of the faces and stuff. Ooh. And so much detail. I like those Run the Jewels ones that they did. Mm -hmm. I think it's Seven. What are, I forget what that company is called. But yeah. Yeah. Snap your little fingers 
I'm looking at a picture of Dan Mancini and a picture of the tiki mugs back and forth. And yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. I, I agree. <laughs> Once we have the Jack White action figure, he can fight my Dr. Zayas here. Um, yeah. I'll do th- I'll just do that for a weekend. One time Dan was going on stage to like fix something for uh, Jack, you know, he's this tech, you know, and so he goes on stage before Jack goes on and someone screams, you're not Jack. <laughs> <laughs> So my favorite thing to say to him once in a while, <laughs> you're not Jack. <laughs> oh man. Um, I guess I had a question. It was kind of putting it to Jordan's ballpark here, essentially like what's the process for us when designing and presenting an artistic idea um, to third man, hmm. essentially like, cause I, we had mentioned on our show, like whenever we were not doing like CSP stuff. We'd be doing TMR stuff. We have to like put on the hat. So I'm mm. curious if Jordan wanted to like shed any light on like how he screens or if there's like a mental process or almost like a character getting into of like, okay, Hey, we have to present this idea for something during the triple graph. Mm. Like, is there a certain process Do things like not make the cut? Is it a struggle? That type of thing almost, you know, I think for me, Personally, I think a lot of things didn't make the cut because I try to really imagine how it's going to look to the consumer, you know, when you put the third man hat on. So I think we cut a lot. Like I I probably have like gigabytes of just folders of stuff from triple graph, like, you know, graphics and, you know, all of this stuff um, probably just laying around. But no, I think you really have to consider how it's going to look from from their point of view and if it's cool you know i I just feel like you know your gut reaction is typically right i have very hard time taking that advice sometimes um but i think going back and forth as far as staying on color staying on topic you know not kind of getting dragged off into this own separate thing of okay well this box corner doesn't look perfect you know so now the you know it doesn't work the product you're gonna look at it as a whole and we also went into the Nashville store before even doing this project. So we kind of saw, okay, this is the standard, if you will. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you certainly see other companies that, you know, do collaborations and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, they combine the color and that's it. Like this is an incredibly different experience where, you know, we're really fusing both companies together and really thinking like, okay, if I was, you know, in charge of this at, third man for the end user how would i present it you know not just the mm-hmm. copper sound hat so and we have to blend those together because it's like we have an uh, we have an aesthetic in an artistic style that we do tmr sure. has a very um yeah. recognizable aesthetic and like brand recognition mm-hmm. like and we had to kind of marry those together to be like okay this still looks like it would be a csp product and a tmr product together mm-hmm. you know what i mean for sure take a dash of their color take a little bit of our like styling here right these are similar you like you realize if you look at triple on the front of it, the left and right, it's each person's logo, and they're both in a circle. So that was a really nice and easy thing for us to do design wise, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it it really worked, it like balanced itself out. And then you take elements from that, you fuse that to the box where we had the the C and the third man logo with the slash, you know, and the we- collaboration. So it's like you pull from a lot of different things, but I mean, also personally, just as like being able to design a lot of elements on this project was like such a, an amazing learning experience. Like it really forced me to be better. And, you know, obviously we're incredibly grateful for it. I just think it was like the coolest platform to be able to showcase mm-hmm. some of this stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
So yeah, it's always very exciting. It's funny. I always go back into my documents from time to time and look at these folders of just unused stuff from this project. And it's just like, I, I just need a hard drive for this to just put somewhere. <laughs> I don't even know. You just need like a triple graph part too. You've already got it worked out. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Maybe you need a behind the scenes. Book. Yeah. So I this, had to do similar stuff. I, I went to Detroit when I first started here and I was like, I got to I got to learn the aesthetic. I mean, I kind of already knew the aesthetic, but like where it came from, like go by the gold dollar and go check out Cass Corridor and go hang out with the people up there. And um, you really you really start to get it and understand it. And it feels like a puzzle that you just kind of put together. You can look at something and be like, that's third man. Like almost anybody could go up to the showroom in um, either of the locations, mosey around for a little while, and then if you were to like, hey, I'm going to bring a couple things in here. Tell me if this is third man or not. I feel like you could probably do that. You know, that's interesting. You took that pilgrimage, Christina. That's fascinating. I mean, that's a whole other level. Uh, what actually? I mean, what was your background design wise before working at Third Man? Um, okay, so, and I've also been to the London location. It's really interesting to see our aesthetic put in Carnaby. We could talk about that. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in L.A., big music fan. I think the cramps changed my life in 1994. Um, and so I decided pretty quickly that I was going to move into, like, the fashion music side of life. Uh, I wasn't going to go to college. I wasn't going to, or I, I was just going to go to a trade school. So I went to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, and I came out doing like product development. So I did product development for footwear. I've done product development for menswear, kids, uh, bathing suits, just anything you could possibly think of. And then the last job I had before coming here uh, was as you can imagine. So I worked for like Speedo. I worked with like, you know, athletes. And so I've worked with a lot of different personalities, egos, etc. But I found myself starting to get more into the entertainment apparel. And so I uh, worked for Gwen Stefani's line, the Harajuku lovers, um, Live Nation, did Madonna's lines, like just different sort of like uh, 
entertainment apparel stuff that was like sold on tours, et cetera. And so I found that third man was hiring and I was like, wait, I got the background. (laughs) I got this. And like even cooler that like this is for, you know, third man records, which I was already like really into, um, again, like big into music and loved the white stripes. And so, uh, yeah, that's how I made my way in here. Wow. And Madonna and Jack are <clears throat> friendly. So there's probably same, some thing, same thing, but different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, wow. Well, that's fascinating. So you did the pilgrimage. Um, maybe uh, we could talk a little bit about a couple of these things here. I wanted to, um, I have some of my favorite things you guys do are these playing cards. Oh, um, yeah. This, uh-huh. uh, this one predates you, I think. Uh, yes. This one's from Supply Chain Issues. I don't know if you had anything to do mm-hmm. that. So um, let's talk about the playing cards. Uh, how is it decided, we're, hey, we're going to do another set, what goes into it, all that stuff? Oh, you had uh, Matthew Jacobson on, right? Yeah, yeah. He did mm-hmm. the playing card posters for Vegas. Right. Um, so, yeah, so for, for playing cards, there's like a really high minimum. It's like 3000 So what you have is what was on tour because those minimums you can meet those you know you take those city to city and have no problem selling through that um third man i noticed you don't have their cards i'm wondering if i have them in my little i thought i did oh wait i do here we go i know there's a very specific one oh hey yeah nice so (laughs) these are the third man ones um and these have just been the classic ones that we haven't changed. Like we just kept them because uh, they're black yeah, with yellow. Um, so these are sold in the stores. Um, we're just keeping it because it's it kind of feels more like a, a standard piece where we don't really need to change it up too much. But for the ones that you have, the Jack White and the, I think, Dead Weather, is that what that yeah, was? Yeah, these... these... Dead weather ones, I think, were from... They were vaults, yeah. Yeah, They are from a vault for Dodge and Burn. So there must have been an interesting minimum there, because we know that the vault numbers can fluctuate. That's that's a gamble, I guess, yeah? Yeah, and like, yeah, so it's about 3,000 for a a card deck. So, I mean, there are some very avid magic people, and we do a magic show here in the Blue Room. Um, The guy that runs TMPS, our photo studio, he's really into, like, magic and cards and stuff like that. Um, So we we just keep, like, a classic deck. But, you know, for tours and stuff, it's just fun to have, especially when he's, like, in Vegas and areas where people might be more interested in having those.
Yeah, I've noticed that cool. those appear on, uh, I've seen various TikTok magicians showing them off. In fact, uh, there's one who's very popular who does, he has all of the Jack White ones and he, he oh, loves to really? do tricks with them. It's it's very entertaining. Uh, I don't follow magic very, very much, but I immediately picked that out and I think the algorithm knows me. Uh, uh, so <laughs> anyway, there's people that are really into pens and there's mm-hmm. like, I have the, the store pen. I don't know if I'm supposed to or not. I've heard tell uh, that those are not allowed to be passed out, but is it this? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Yes. Uh, the one that's like the employee pen. It was given to <laughs> our parents. The, yeah. yeah. Our parents who had their dog in the store. <laughs> <laughs> your parents had your, the dog in the store they brought the they were uh escaping uh, one of the various florida hurricanes and they came in with the dog <laughs> i feel like i know that story maybe i was like standing in there when that it's happened. possible it was a little white yeah. dog um named algebra yeah and they're a little they're a little white couple okay yeah yeah i think you know when a dog comes in the store i think we all get kind of excited i think i was there for that that sounds very familiar i remember them now you know where the pen wound up it's yeah. in this guy's basement. So, it's not in the basement. I'm in James's magicless basement. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't tell you that we've got hundreds of thousands of those just like around. <laughs> right. It makes you feel like it's super special and you just have the one. Man, man oh man. <laughs> so this this episode, I mean, for everybody out there, you're just going to have to Google what these things look like because a lot of this is going to be like, hey, look at this thing. And this is a podcast. Sorry. But I do want to talk about the pins as well. So this is from the Margot Price vault. Margot Price. Mm-hmm. And um, um, yeah. I wish y'all would do another Marco Price vault. I don't, you know, I mean, I know that there's um, uh, the other label involved now, but I mean. Yes, I think she, I think she gets to do her own merch ideas. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're no longer a part of that. <laughs> I just, I saw her with Lola uh, last week. Oh, and it was yeah, yeah. Just an incredible show. Absolutely incredible show. And, but anyway, so I have the pins here. I have this icky thump one as well, which also predates you. Oh, no, that I was oh. here for that. Oh, you were here yeah. for that. So I can you tell us yeah. a bit about the pins and what goes into pin design? That was the... that was from a vault package. Oh, this was was this from the X uh, icky thump X? There yes. So that was okay. from the vault package, but I think you could also buy it like on the vault store. Like there was like mm. a variation of it. And that's okay. that was from Rob Jones also. So, Who did the original single artwork for that as well? Yeah, right? he yeah. he. Uh, so he he approved that. So that's why we were able to sell that because it was so interesting and cool. And like, I love that artwork and the button suits and all yeah. of that. I keep asking him for that suit. I want to put it in like a, a shadow box and just <laughs> have it in the store. I'm like, people would just like come and just look at that suit. I don't the, know where the that icky thumb. At. The, the pearly, the pearly, suit. Suit. Yeah, the pearly, yeah. I'm like, just please. I don't I know. I think where that was at. the Rock Hall, right? Like, I, I'm pretty sure it's at the Rock Hall. It needs with... to make its way back home. <laughs> <laughs> we had the person who designed that on. Whose name? You saw the Legos that we did, right? The Legos that but, they're in the little suits, right? Well, not Lego, right? I mean, it's. Uh, Brickmania, yes. yes. Brickmania, yeah. yeah. So was that a cease and desist thing, or was that an op? Uh, yeah. Did you Mm-mm. proactive no. about that? Yeah, okay. No, 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 no. It's no, it's no. just reselling them. It's not. Yeah. Yes. It's, <laughs> you, yes. You could buy 
Legos and sell them as your own company. They're just called bricks. Interesting. (laughs) Most of those people at Brickmania were Lego employees or are part-time Brickmania and work for Lego. You know, Lego's owned by Mattel. And so, you know, that's maybe their side job is working at Brickmania. And so they know the loophole. The the mega death to Mattel's Metallica. Okay. Uh, Sure. <laughs> like they came from there and they're doing their own thing. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Mattel uh, loves being compared to Megadeth. <laughs> wow. In fairness, I compared them to Metallica. The challenge coins. Uh, uh, these are cool. Yeah, what, are they making a comeback ever, or are they? Was that a just a purely limited few years? That was a purely limited. Um, I hear that. Is that sort of like you know, I'm a vault member. What like what vault are you holding? Type right. thing. You guys got to get Caddy on here. She probably has some really funny stories about fans and their vault challenge coins. <laughs> um, I know you get like ten percent off in the store if you have them. But yeah, I think that I think I think that what happened is that um, we just started putting different things in the vault packages that maybe people were maybe more drawn to. I think that's why those kind of made their exit. But I mean, they could always make a comeback. We we just never know, you know. (laughs) Um, They're awesome. Hey, where does the key go? The the dead weather key. I feel like Blackwell knows that what, one more than anybody. What does that open? I can't tell you. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you. I'd have to kill you. To in the incinerator. What's there are some things I'm sworn <laughs> to not tell. Okay, sworn to secrecy. <laughs> what's Jack holding on the get behind me? Satan yeah, that's the other one. Everyone, that, yeah, he won't tell us. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's you know that's his secret to tell. We had Bruce Brand on the show. He was the first guest we ever had on, and he felt he knew what it was. But then when we told Blackwell, Blackwell was like, I don't know what what you're talking about. So maybe maybe we're on to something. (laughs) He he also, Blackwell lies to us all the time. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Blackwell lies to me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Which, if you you had to pick one of the, which Ben would win in a fight, who, who are you going Oh man, like a verbal altercation or a physical? Are we throwing just Are we throwing Jenkins in there too with Worstick? <laughs> yeah, the three the three bends. Oh man, oh man, yeah. Well, uh, I think they both have their strengths, but I think that Ben Blackwell is such a sweetie that he wouldn't fight back. I just oh, I can't imagine that. That's adorable. I love that. I thought you yeah. were going to say he's scrappy because that's what I would say. No, <laughs> he's he's going to. Not at all. Ben Blackwell is a big sweetheart. He gives the best hugs. I'm not <laughs> sure that he's going to give you guys hugs, but like. No. He's given yeah. me a side hug once uh, yeah. for a picture, but that was it. Know. You know? He touched James nice. one time. He said, yeah. this, this man doesn't feel like there's any magic on him at all. <laughs> like, ben any... Blackwell's a good hugger. Uh, what What are you, what, your DJ sets? What are you spending yeah. to keep the crowd pumping? What are you doing? Oh man. So, <laughs> so like I said, I'm really into the cramps. And so I have a friend, his name is Marco and uh, he's really into the Ramones. And so what we do is we do this like uh, 
cramps inspired night. And <laughs> we're ridiculous first and foremost, just so every, I mean, I know there's no visuals, so people don't know what I look like or whatever, but you know, really into like uh, promoting our DJ night by dressing up and pretending like we're going to a cramp show or something. So um, each one we do a different theme. So we've done like, instead of like songs, the uh, cramp songs, the Lord taught us, which was a cramps album we did songs the cramps taught us and so we, we play like you know stuff from sun records like the the real original like versions of what the cramps were you know playing like hazel atkins and uh, carl perkins and so you know we kind of start the night out easy and then uh once the drinks start flowing then that's when we start you know playing some like bangers as i like to call them we'll play like the clash and ramones and that's when we get people like really uh dancing and we'll play uh tiki enchanted music at the very end to kind of get people to go home um (laughs) when the sun goes down and the moon comes up We've done the Peppermint Lounge, which was fun. Uh, We used the tiki mugs uh, and sold drinks in those and set a bunch of peppermints out. Um, We've done uh, Dope Island, and uh, we did Songs the Lord, well, Songs the Cramps taught us. And uh, we'll probably do one again in March, but not sure what the theme will be. Nice. And there there was go-go dancers, too, I think, in one of those. Was that facilitated by the new Blue Rooms uh, kind of rebranding as a as a lounge with, with these de- these specific nights that you had? So we actually decorate the shit out of the Blue Room. We totally <laughs> turn it into a cramps night. Like, we put up, like, all of these, like, tinsel... We put up posters, we put up like uh, umbrellas, like we do all these like places that people can take pictures. We just changed the whole entire blue room into a crazy party. And like, it takes us hours, but we love it. Nice. it's awesome. I have to say with the blue room, we were fortunate enough to be there for the opening and they had these really cool poker chips designed for um, drinks, you know, just that they were handing out and they were, they were designed awesome. I still have a couple at my house. Really cool. I have a feeling we're about to see one maybe or no. I think I'm looking for one, but I will say I have it. I have it. Uh, I did give one to your mom, Jordan. I know you did. She still has. (laughs) (laughs) 
we were at an event and she came up to me and she, I was like, you need to come up to the blue room and get drunk with us. <laughs> she, had, she had a great time. She always has fun when she goes down there. Oh, that's great. Paul, is there a TMR product that has really stood out to you from a design standpoint, like over the course of TMR's lifespan? That You know, when you think of something, you think of that or, you know, you've shown yeah. a lot or... So my favorite shirt, which doesn't fit me because I got too fat for it, but um, is the three, the Jack White three Lazaretto shirt, um, which I used to wear and get asked a lot of questions about around the office when we were still going to the office. And I had the flag too that came in one of the vault packages. And I, and I had I told the story in the show before, but I hung that flag on my cubicle at work and got a lot of questions. <laughs> what kind of white supremacy are you promoting here? <laughs> like, I just joined the Seven Nation Army. That's right. It's not white supremacy, you know. Uh, but, you know, that's it, it's so striking, that three. Um, and I was really happy to see it return for this current tour with the crow on top of it. And I was really happy to see the crow edition, um, primarily because... I know that there actually now literally is a white supremacist group that has a three thing, which, uh, so it's been nice to see the, the addition. Like, I don't know if that was intentional or something like that because, um, you know, I don't own a tiki torch, uh, or anything like that, but, <laughs> but no, I, it's, wait, wait, I do, but not for that reason, <laughs> but no, so that's my, that's definitely my favorite. That's a big standout. Like how, how involved are, um, do you get Christina in Jack White solo design stuff? So the solo design stuff, I am involved, uh, but I'm involved with a bunch of other people. So that will be, you know, his uh, manager. He's mostly in charge. Ro up in Detroit. And then we've got uh, Jordan here. Um, and so basically, I think a lot of that stuff came from Rob Jones, but other people as well. Uh, you know, so people will just come to Jack with like sort of ideas and then, uh, you know, he'll pick and choose. And then, so it kind of comes from a lot of different areas. It's, it's, it's his vision, but the way things are put together are from a lot of different minds. So I don't know where the crow came from though. I don't. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that was Rob. Who knows? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of like little secret hidden things like that, that I, I, don't quite have the answer for but i kind of like that you know yeah it maintains the mystery for sure um which is yeah how i always used to describe seeing him in concert it was like especially when i was younger and and, um seeing the raconteurs first tour and stripes and stuff and i would it would just be as if he appeared out of smoke onto the stage once a year (laughs) to melt my face off yeah. and then he would disappear again into the smoke again and, and sort of go away. And there's a nice little bit of mystery there. Yeah. Um, people ask all the time, like who's in that music video or, so, you know, and I'm just like, do you really want to know? Or do you just, <laughs> let, let's just keep it at like, <laughs> it's not as exciting when you know, you know? Yeah. I really um, like the Dawn video. Sorry to just jump in. the. Oh no, please. yeah. That yeah. was really cool. Cause I feel like, I think I know who it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ruin anything, but I it keeps the mystery. I like it. I mean, I'll ruin it. Ben Ben told us he's in the back. He's uh, he's the drum the drummer walkie. I know Dan's playing bass, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And there's another person in there you should know. With a theremin, right? 
You should know who that is. Is that Fats? Is he in there? I would call him Ben Swank. Oh, both <laughs> Bens. I'm sorry. Yeah. from that video are in the blue room. So people are always like, why are there three random blue wigs? <laughs> that's from that video. It's uh, awesome. It's a great video. It's a great video. It must've been exciting to have um, an album, two album cycles last year and all those performances at the blue room. What's the vibe when Jack's going to oh, give a show? Oh my gosh. So he just played a show here. Oh gosh. What yeah, was that a- January? Yeah, it was like a month ago. The one with uh, where his daughter played bass, right? Yes, I was at that show. Um, it's it's just so, it's like a homecoming. So it's like all of all of our friends and like and it's so great to be there with the fans because like a lot of times you're just like in a bubble and you just are so just doing your thing, doing your thing. You forget that like people are like as excited. And so when you're standing next to them and they're just super pumped, know all the songs, they're excited. It's just like, it it just brings so much energy and just like gives you this like great, like feeling of achievement, especially when I see people wearing stuff that like I worked on, makes me really happy like i went to the jack white show in la and i saw a lot of people in third man gear and i was like oh wow this is so cool because it's so far from where we're at at, you know like they had to really work hard to get that like either order it online or when they were traveling through so it was really really fun to see that when i moved out there in 2015 and started going to jack and jack related shows out there there's a solid crowd of consistent faces and it was, it was, I had that same experience seeing all of the shirts and merch and stuff out there in the wild for the first time. Um, and then you get kind of get to know people and I sort of got to know, Oh, that's this person at this show and this person at that show. And we would all meet up because we were either going to see the Lily May thing or whatever, Olivia. So yeah, it was, that's gratifying. No, my um, brother was wearing a London exclusive shirt oh. at the LA show and someone was trying to buy it off of him. Like, I'll give you 50 bucks for your shirt. Like, <laughs> it was pretty funny. And my brother's like, really? Like, <laughs> That is so funny. Before we leave here, I, I did want to touch a little bit on uh, Little House of Cinnamon, your personal oh. design stuff. Uh, do you want to give yeah. any plugs there and talk about what that is? Yeah, sure. So basically... Um, I never really have put out my own personal like ideas and thoughts. And so finally I was like, you know what? I am going to 
start doing this. Um, and so I started by making a few things and it's kind of taken off. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to check it out, Little House of Cinnamon on Instagram and you can see some of the candles I've made. It's fun. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and Copper Sound, guys, uh, do you have any plugs before we go here? What's coming up? What's on your mind? What do you, uh, what do you got? Plugs. Plug it. Plugs. We did just put out uh, Telegraph V2, which is the version two of our first um, Telegraph pedal and has some more functionality really geared towards the, the producer and the engineer um, with some of the, the automatic digital features. Um, and I think aside from that, we have potentially 12 more products planned for this year. Wow. Dang. Wow. Yeah. Get it. Get it. Constantly a, a, a balanced game of we get to water every plant. Right. James is looking for a summer internship, I think. Um, <laughs> you are interested. Room, Alex, what do you think? Um, we'll, we'll talk about it off camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things well, are really great in Copper Sound World. We've got um, yeah. Brew has been expanding, which is very much so partly due to Triple Graph, which is really cool. But yeah, I think it's going to be a, a good year. So I think as far as plugs, we get some new stuff out, but also third bit has some new stuff out too with the double down that's really cool yeah mxr mm-hmm. yes the double down that you can use with the triple graph <laughs> now christina is there like an alternate universe version of alex and jordan w- with mxr where they've got like ots or something and then, and, <laughs> uh, what's it yeah we should do a gear episode where we talk about gear because that that is where my my it happens like you know for instance uh i don't play guitar i should i should write an album i don't play guitar (laughs) um uh and but i am you know i go to these like guitar conventions um the guys that game changer like to call me the man behind the man um (laughs) uh so i i do this like whole gear section like i have to use a totally different side of my brain to to work on that stuff and it takes a long time right guys like it's, it's sure yeah. not a lot, a lot of so yeah it's not just plug and do this and that and solder i've learned that <laughs> i've learned that so uh yeah we should we should totally talk more about that that would be amazing yeah we should definitely do that uh thank you all so much for joining us uh here uh this has been great christina thank you i really really appreciate your perspective and, and hearing from you. I love that insider stuff and, and, and all of those uh, details. Uh, at the end of every episode, we say in the honor of Bull Weevil where we're going to be looking for a home. And I will be looking for a home um, as a as a featureless Funko Pop, which somehow also doesn't look like me. Um, Alex, where will you be looking for a home? Uh, I'll be looking for a home at the bottom of your broken coffee mug pin holder. <laughs> okay, James, uh, where where will you be looking for a home? Uh, I will be looking for a home on, uh, let's see, uh, in Pantone colors on a shelf in the Blue Room. Wow. How about at a cramps night? That's where I'll be looking for a home. Is that a cramps night? All right, James. <laughs> Jordan. 
I think I'm going to be looking for a home either in some of those triple graph folders or in that <laughs> one magic pen that you <laughs> I'm sure. I'm between the two. Christina, where will you be looking for a home? I'll be looking for a home at the bottom pile of a bunch of unused Legos. Oh, no. <laughs> um, well, that sounds very comfortable. Um, oh, yeah, sure. As a parent, it's not, right? <laughs> it's really Step on those fuckers every morning. Oh, my God. I'm so happy my daughter hasn't discovered Legos yet. Um. <laughs> hey, but that block kit we did was amazing. It was awesome. I got that for James for, for Christmas when that came out. Did and, you? And, and he assembled it and it's on a it's on a shelf in his house, I know. So. When we when we got those in, the guy hand delivered them, much like the triple graphs. It was a very similar situation. He came in the van and he unloaded them and it was like such an exciting experience, like getting them all in. <laughs> we just had so many orders for them that we had like a little assembly line of just like putting them oh, in boxes, awesome. <laughs> like all hands on deck to get those people their Lego kits by uh or brick kits by um by Christmas. That's, you were one of them. Awesome. Yes, I was one of them. I got the cool. Megadeth kit. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Well, till next time. Thank you so much. That was a lot. That was a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Okay, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Christina. Okay. Thanks, okay, Copper Sound, guys. Awesome. Right, to meet bye. You. bye. Bye, James. The Third Man Podcast was created, edited, and produced by Paul and James Kaminsky. Our theme song, We're the Third Men, was recorded by the band Radkey, who can be found at radkey.net. To contact the show, visit thirdmenpodcast.com or email thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at the thirdmen underscore podcast on Instagram, at thirdmencast on Twitter, and search the Third Men on Facebook. Thanks to our Patreon patrons, to everyone who has rated, reviewed, and subscribed, and see you next time. Hey, James, do you have to... Um, yeah, I got to split because I got to babysit. Uh, is it okay if we do AKA a- be a parent. <laughs> James is also flying out here to Portland tomorrow. Uh, and so we're going to get all the kids together and stuff. All right, James. Let's go back to our song. Hey, everybody. Paul here with a quick message for you. As James and I mentioned many times on the show, this podcast is 100% not-for-profit and a labor of our love for music. We pride ourselves in bringing you interesting, timely content as we have these past 100-plus episodes. Podcasting is, however, a weirdly expensive process, and we actually lose money on hosting, time, equipment, advertising, and all the other little things that we need to do to make these shows for you. So, to help break even on some expenses like those, James and I I have set up a Patreon account where you can, if you like, chip in a few bucks to help keep the lights on. It can be as much or as little as you can swing, and all donations are greatly appreciated. The last thing we want to do is hound anybody for cash, so just know that listening to our show is always payment enough. But if you would like to help us out, that would be amazing. All right. It's all from me. Remember, you can head to patreon.com slash thirdmenpodcast and a huge thank you to everyone who's donated already. All right, everybody. I'll see you on the show.
And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. You are all invited to join us on a magical mystery trip through the lives of the Beatles every week on the Yesterday and Today podcast. This show details the chronological journey of the world's most famous band using music, interviews, and rarities collected since the debut of John, Paul, George, and Ringo onto the world stage. We're a fan-made production, and we're available now on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. So sit back, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Sorry, that was a sloppy transition. I was just trying to make sure that we got James what he needed. I'll let it around that. We'll sound like professionals. It'll be okay. Sister's got mono, so she's talking hot. So say a little prayer for her, say a little prayer for yourself.